This is Floor Radio. I'm Dave Foster. This is the second part of a three-part series. We're talking with John McDivitt, former 3M corporate economist. John, what are your thoughts as it relates to uh, gas prices? I mean, the higher gas prices have been steadily siphoning off money that consumers would spend on other things, food, household goods, carpet, rugs, and so on. Uh, it doesn't appear at this point that it's affected consumers all that much. Is, you, you think it will going forward? And wh- why is it it hadn't, uh, hasn't, that much, hasn't affected them that much up to this point? Up till now, it, it hasn't. Um, it hasn't. Um, we can look at uh, uh, things on a regional basis and find that um, the best uh, areas of the country uh, are areas that also have high gas prices. Uh, people are financing this via credit cards, but we're seeing um, very strong growth in Houston and Dallas and Austin, San Antonio. Matter of fact, the four top cities are all in Texas. Uh, Washington, New Orleans, Pittsburgh, Oklahoma, uh, Salt Lake City are all areas where there has been very strong employment growth. Now, these all these cities that I mentioned are also facing high, uh, uh, high gasoline uh, prices. And, and the biggest city for loss of jobs has been L.A., Chicago, Detroit, Miami, um, Las Vegas, Atlanta. So here we have a number of, uh, of things going on, and that's why the importance of looking to, at things on a regional basis and looking at our change of employment as a way of focusing on where we are likely to see improvement in housing and certainly carpet sales. I got you. At what point, John, do you think that's going to change? I mean, it, it seems like, what was it, uh, several years ago, we saw gas prices well north of, uh, of $4. That seemed to affect everybody in a major way. What, what's the, what's the um, at, at what point do you think this is going to change the way pe- pe- people buy things? Well, as long as their credit card, you haven't reached your limit on your credit card, uh, that's going to be the way they finance their gasoline purchases. I don't think you'll see much of a curtailment when uh, gas, uh, gasoline prices reach between $4 and $4.50. You cross that magic line when you go from four fifty to $5 a gallon, that's when you'll see um, uh, the gas prices uh, affecting, the, uh, affecting the economy. And certainly um, that's another reason why uh, we have not... Uh, we have not seen any damaging uh, effects of the economy. And the other factor, of course, is that I personally don't think that we are going to see uh, exaggerated oil prices much higher than they already are. I think they're going to stay in that over $100 a barrel, yes, but we're not talking 120 or 130 or even 150 dollars a barrel because of the slowdown in the global economy, the slowdown in China over the next several years. It's my opinion that um, oil prices are going to remain 
rather uh, rather flat. Uh, and of course, if they uh, if they do, and they really stall the economy, well, we have our friends at the uh, at the Federal Reserve who may take some action um, if the uh, if the economy stalls. Mm-hmm. As long as you're haven't maxed out your credit card, uh, you can still finance some uh, some gasoline purchases. I see. So, so how high do you think gasoline prices will get ultimately? I mean, ha- have we peaked? We're close to the peak. We we are very very close to the. Uh, we're, I I I think we're just very very close uh, to the uh, to the peak. Uh, here on the island, uh, regular gas is selling for. About uh, four dollars and uh, eighty-five, eighty-four, eighty-five cents a gallon. Now we just put regular in the car. We don't put the high test, and of course that's over five dollars a gallon or four dollars a gallon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, right now, uh, retail sales are uh, are uh, haven't been uh, affected um, that uh, that much. Uh, the automotive sector is doing uh, quite uh, quite well, um, but again, uh, consumption, personal consumption, uh, will be slowing down in the second and the third quarter. And of course, we get the holiday boost in the fourth quarter of 2011 through the first quarter of 2012, and then of course it begins to uh, flatten out again, maybe one and a half percent growth. I gotcha. John, let me ask you about the government debt situation. It, 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 it's, it, it is there. I guess people aren't wringing their hands now like, like they were a uh, couple of months ago when they were dealing um, you know, with the, with the debt limit and so on. Uh, it seems like there's a camp that wants to reduce the debt. There's another, others that don't seem to be that anxious about it. Talk about the economic repercussions if we change nothing and keep, keep going pretty much like we're doing right now, raising the debt limit. How's that going to affect business? How's that going to affect us as consumers? Well, uh, something that something has to happen. There's probably uh, two big factors at work today if we want to talk about a bubble. One of those bubbles is the debt bubble, and the other bubble is the health care cost issue that just continues to escalate. But just focusing on government debt uh, for a minute, um, I, I can't believe that they're in, a, in an election year there would be a substantial increase uh, in any uh, taxation. I, I, it's just hard to forecast in an election year, uh, let alone increasing the tax on dividends. I really don't see any way that you would want to do this in an election uh, in an election year. Uh, I just saw one uh, number the other day, which stated that uh, about half of all the households in the U.S. are receiving one kind or another of government assistance. Uh, a few years ago, in 1998, only 37% of the households were receiving a, uh, a government check of some, of some kind or another. Well, that's, uh, a, that's a sure, surefire way to get a vote. Of course, we've got the Buffett rule they've been, they've been talking about, and I guess that doesn't touch most people, so, so, so most people have no reason to be against that, even though 
It does. Exactly. It wouldn't affect. It wouldn't touch them. Uh, there's. I just read about a new ebook that's out. So if you have your Kindle, ninety nine cents at Amazon. There's a new book called Fifty Years in the Making: The Great Recession and Its Aftermath. And for ninety nine cents, it's just worth a try. Uh, to see what's uh, see what's in there, I was very uh, was very encouraged. It's very interesting. It, it's not a heavy document to learn or read, uh, but it's just fascinating. For ninety nine cents, it uh, it provides some uh, cheap entertainment. <laughs> that, that, that sounds great. I don't know that I dare read it. It's almost uh, I don't know that I'm I'm strong enough. <laughs> now. We see reports, I mean, you live and die on these economic reports every day, and they involve just every factor known to man just about. Talk about what you see as the most important indicators and what you, uh, for you to be convinced that we're seeing the, the economy start to turn around, what sort of readings are you going to have to see on what indicators? Well, uh, I'd have to... Think about the following. I'd have to look at this unemployment rate that's in excess of 8% and the full unemployment rate that's about 15%. I'd have to begin to see that drop and drop uh, more rapidly than it has been. Secondly, um, uh, the home price index, and we get this every quarter uh, from Case Schiller, uh, that would be the second indicator, and the second um, um, thread uh, in 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 the fabric here uh, as to when that index is going to uh, bottom out, and uh, probably uh, not before 2000, late 2012 or early 2013. The other thing I'd have to see, uh, Dave, is the increase in uh, personal spending. Uh, as I said, it's 70% of our economy, and with weekly wages adjusted for inflation down three months in a row, there's not a lot of buying power that the consumer has. And, of course, as we just talked about, when fuel prices uh, begin, to, uh, begin to drop, uh, that that's when uh, I'll be much more encouraged uh, by the fact that we are seeing um, that the economy, the recovery, indeed, has uh, has arrived. I've got you. Um, you mentioned the housing industry. Let me ask you a question about that. Uh, existing home prices are falling. New home prices, uh, or new home sales, rather, have been falling. I've heard many say that we're bouncing along the bottom. Uh, do you see this current situation as as bouncing around the bottom, or do you see it searching for a bottom that we haven't seen yet, haven't reached yet? I think we're uh, I think we're close uh, to the bottom. Um, we had, of course, not only new homes declining in February, uh, we also saw sales of existing homes declining in February. And new residential buildings simply just uh, just pretty much uh, declining all uh, all over the place. It's a uh, it's a, it's a world that's going to be dominated by 
um, certainly by the best, I think we could say, at best of the um, uh, issues uh, associated with distressed, uh, some people call it distressed transaction. Uh-huh. Uh, and that's the foreclosure and the uh, and short sales. Uh, and the other factor, too, that many don't talk about, but we have to think about in terms of this recovery in housing, uh, once you've signed a contract, uh, that gives people false hope because about a third of all the contracts fail, fail to come across with the uh, necessary because of uh, your credit score or what, uh, what have you, um, that is uh, quite, uh, quite weak at the, uh, at the moment. But given the, that we're looking at a large picture here, the national um, inventory is certainly getting better. Now, if we go back to 2010, there was 9.4 months supply of homes on the market. Today, even though it did come up from last month, 6.7%, uh, uh, 6.7%, I'm sorry, 6, 6.7 uh, uh, months of supply are on the market. So to go from 9.4 to, to 6.4, I think is a pretty good testimony to the overall picture of what is uh, what is going uh, what is going on, but as I say, uh, the biggest indicator uh, will be the uh, that Case Shiller uh, index. And talking about construction in uh, in general, um, where lodging, hotel and lodging used to be the dominant driving non-residential uh, mover, um, uh, it's down. 10% from a year ago. Office is up a modest 3%. Commercials up a modest 4%. And the healthcare industry is up by, uh, by 10%. So things are getting better in some areas. But if we paint the big brush, take in and paint everything, uh, it's certainly not getting better. I guess the multifamily sector remains the hot property, doesn't it? It, uh, it does. It does. Um, the condos uh, and co-ops, they were, uh, uh, again, going back to 2010, there was one, an even one-year supply of inventory back in 2010 of condos and co-ops. Today, it's 7.3 months. Uh, so, again, a dramatic... Uh, a, 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 Dramatic increase or decrease in uh, in the uh, in the inventory, but again between February and January, uh, it's up. So uh, again, something of a mixed uh, mixed picture. And until we get a couple of more months under our belt, it will be uh, somewhat better forecasting as we further move out in 2012.
This is going to conclude the second part of a three-part series. We're talking about the economy with John McDivitt, former 3M corporate economist. We'll air the third and final part of this series tomorrow. This is Floor Radio.